My name is Andy. And I'm Brian. And this is the Duck and Mouse Podcast. Where we talk about the parks, movies, current events, and more at the place where dreams come true. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Duck and Mouse podcast. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. Thank God you clarified that because <laughs> I was worried that it was something else. Okay. Are you done? Yes. All right. So this episode today, we're going to be talking about... Um, what are we going to talk about? Well, we have our normal news. We have our new merch alert section yeah. segment, which I'm, I love. Um, <laughs> we have a movie, The Great Mouse Detective. Yes. Um, which my review might surprise you. Okay. Um, we have uh, food and wine. So our park segment is going to be about food and wine. Yeah. Because that has started. Yep. And will end never. <laughs> um. And then trivia. All right. And spinning the wheel, which is the best part. Right. I get to do it this week, too. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some news. Uh, first up. Um, well, I guess you're going first. Well, you can go first. I, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, okay. So from one of my news items, um, the bakery in Epcot in Norway um, which is a pretty famous bakery, has been closed for renovations for a long time. I think since we left. Yeah. Because I seem to remember that it was closed when we left. I don't remember that. It might have been when you left, but I, yeah. it was open when I left. Um, so it was closed for renovations, and they had like a little mini um, satellite bakery that was lame um, across the way. But they're open again. Um, the Kringla, Kringla Bakery Og Cafe is like the whole name of it. Okay. Or you can just call it the Norway Bakery. Um, has reopened at Epcot. It is twice as large um, as the old one. Did you ever go in the old one? Yes, it I did tiny. once. It was like yeah. a closet. Yeah. And once they started getting more popular and busy, it, it's just crammed with people. So it is now twice as large, and they have a very large queue area. Um, they they specifically said they have a large queue area for their school bread. Yeah. Um, that's probably the item that they're most famous for. Yeah. Is this nasty, disgusting school bread. Yeah. Um, it's, people love it, but I don't know why I, it's, it's a roll that has kind of like a cardamom spiced flavor and it's filled with custard iced in white icing and then covered in toasted coconut. That's that last thing is where you lost me. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's cause it's kind of like the bread is kind of savory and then it's all sweet and it's weird, but yeah. people go crazy for it. Yeah. So hey, what the heck? And it's also a cheap snack. So that's why people like it. I think. Cause it's like, it's one of the cheaper on the cheaper sides okay. in Epcot. So that's why people kind of go for that. Cause it's like f $4 or something like that. Yeah. For but they do have some, they have uh Lefse, which if you've ever seen Olaf's frozen adventure, um, they talk about Lefse in Lefse in that. Um, it's this little rolled thing. It's like a pancake and they roll it up and they fill it with something. Um, okay. but they have them there and they're cool. It's cool. All right. So if you're a fan of Frozen, go to Norway and meet Anna and Elsa and have some Lefsa. Okay, what's your what's your news? Okay, um, mine is that Tatooine Traders at Disney's Hollywood Studios is being refurbished. 
or changed at some point. So when you exit the Star Tours in Hollywood Studios, you you're led out into Tatooine Traders. Classic Disney ride. Which yeah, exactly. Um and for the longest time Disney has Hollywood Studios has been like a a peak behind the scenes where you kind of like step into the back lot of a movie. So it's been more focused on, it used to be more focused on like how movies were made. So the fact that like, this is now the last thing in Hollywood studios where instead of being in the movie, you're being part, you're, you're a part of the making of the movie. This is one of the last places where that's very prevalent. Like, cause when you exit it, you can see in the theming that you're kind of on a set, quote unquote. Right. Um, and so this is kind of the one of the last things to go in Hollywood Studios with that behind the scenes thought. I mean, you get a little bit of it at Backlot Express, the restaurant, and then yeah. some of it at um, Indiana Jones. Stunt yeah. Spectacular, but. Yeah. But but those are pretty much the, those are going to be it then right. for the rest of the park. It's still going to be open. It's just going to be like under construction. They are um, getting rid of the, or they're changing the droid factory mm -hmm. aspect of it. I read that somewhere. Um, I don't, I don't and there's a photo, else. there's a photo oh, right, place the photo thing. thing in yeah. there that, that's going away too. Right. Okay. What's your next thing? Um, my next thing. Your news items. Disneyland is going to have its first alcoholic service at Galaxy's Edge. Um, this was announced last week. Um, there's going to be a cantina, which is, I don't know if that's going to be the restaurant or if that's just going to kind of be like the Pangu Pangu of, um, I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to have a restaurant and they're going to have this cantina. So the cantina is going to be called Oga's Canteen. Um, and from the, um, from the, uh, drawings that we've seen of it, it looks a lot like the canteen scene, cantina scene in the very first Star Wars A New Hope, mm -hmm. where Luke and Obi-Wan go in to find Han and Chewbacca. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little more, um, like, updated with, with quote-unquote, new newer technology. Right, but I think the feel of the canteen is going to be yeah. there. Because this whole Galaxy's Edge traitor's post, outpost thing, yeah. the feel is going to be like that cantina where yeah. there's all kinds of aliens walking around and you're immersed in the story and everything. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. But this is the first time outside of Club 33 in 60... Um, 63 years that uh, Disneyland Park will have alcohol service. Yeah. It's been a dry park. It's since, been a dry park. Since Walt opened it. Yeah. Um, well, okay. All of these things that we're talking about is pure speculation. We have no idea what's actually going to happen. I do suspect that the, it, in terms of it being a cantina, means that it's either going to be a walk-up window type, like get your drink and go, or it's going to be a sit down restaurant because I think there's be no way I, I don't think I don't see how they could from do the, that from the well from the concept though. art that's fine but that's only concept art that's not like practical execution of what's going to actually be there I don't think that there there is no way that they can do that especially with it being so popular I can see them doing some kind of cantina thing like later on down the road when Star Wars land is not as popular but to start out for the first several years there is not going to be this there it's it's not a plausible thing for people to just go up to a bar in star wars land and just like casually chill out because they're going to have so many 
people there. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah. Okay. My next item is that the mini van, which for those of you who don't know, uh, Disney has partnered with Lyft and has this thing called a minivan and it's a it's a minivan that's decorated like mini it's got it's red with white polka dots and um severely overpriced yes for one trip like a one directional trip to from one place in the resort to another place in the resort it's 25 dollars, which is pretty expensive for a lift um so for the the news i guess of this is that they are now offering round trip service to and from Orlando International Airport for the price of drumroll please $150 one way one way one way oh each way yeah, meaning that. that a round trip ticket from the airport at, to your resort and back is going to cost you $300 Whereas if you use an Uber, it's about probably about $60. Yeah. But the, the appeal is that it's Disney. It's an actual Disney cast member that's driving you. Um, and it's got the name Disney on it. Well, here's my, here's my, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Here's my, um, confusion. Why the planners of this didn't think straight. Um, they have the magical express bus. I know. Which has the Disney name. It's free. I know. And it takes you round trip for free. I, I guess this is for people who aren't staying on property. So if you're staying at but, a resort that's like by Disney Springs, this but this is going to take you to that place. Uh, I just, okay. I still don't think that this is the only thing. What, from what I've read about this, the only positive thing about using the service, not even the round trip from the airport $300 nonsense it drops you off at um, Magic Kingdom main gate not at ticketing and transportation yeah it drops you off where the buses drop you off right but main gate but if you're getting if you get on the minivan it's not like this is the minivan is going to take your luggage to your resort for you yeah it does if you get on the minivan from the airport you put your luggage on it and your luggage follows you to the air to the right, hotel. but but you're saying that you're going directly from the airport no, no, no. to the park. No, I'm saying forget the airport thing. That's nonsense. That's what this is about, though. <laughs> I understand, but I'm saying the only good thing about this minivan service is that if you're it takes it you, up yeah, and if you want to do interparkle moving around, <laughs> in, um, it will pick you up from your resort and take you right to the main gate of I, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, so you can bypass. I TTC. get that. I get that. I, I still don't. Well, no, because buses go from your... If you get on the, the resort bus line, that takes you to where the bus stops are right at the main gate. The The buses don't take you to Ticket and Transportation Center. That's what I'm saying. I know. So what's the difference between the bus and the minivan? They let you but off you don't have to wait for the bus. Well, okay. I think that this is geared towards the, the uber-rich vacationers yeah, who they spend... Also you know, their vacation in the Grand Floridian and right. they can afford a Grand Floridian resort. So instead of going on a bus, they can get their private transportation. Right. The, the other thing service. that the minivans offer, which is nice, is that they have um, they have car seats. Yeah. So if you need a car seat. OK. And you don't want to rent a car because the buses don't have car seats. No, but 
It's a bust. So you can just tie your child to your chest. Yeah. We'll hope for the best. All right. What's All right. Your... Moving on. <laughs> um, this is my second to last piece. Um, I don't have another one, so you, you have okay. two in a row. So it is now pumpkin spice season. Thank Ugh. God. Um, not even Disney is immune to the pumpkin spice craze. As uh, we see at Port Orleans French Quarter, there are now pumpkin spice oh, Mickey beignets. I saw Or those. big nets, however you pronounce it. Beignet, um, more like beignet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was copying over my, my blog from when I was uh, in Florida and I saw that joke. Thanks, Greg. That was Greg's joke. Okay. So they're now offering pumpkin spice beignets at New Orleans French Quarter. Uh, they have a ton of other pumpkin flavored stuff. They have like a pumpkin cinnamon roll. They have, um, I think they have like a pumpkin pie milkshake or something or the candy corn milkshake. I don't know. It's ridiculous, but it's good. Um, and thank God all the Starbucks locations will have pumpkin spice lattes at uh, all of the parks and resorts. Um, my last news item is earlier this week um, at Epcot. There was a little mishap in Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Which was kind of weird. There's a video posted on uh WDW news today of what happened and uh, uh, spaceship earth was leaking. Yeah. Couldn't make it to the bathroom in time. Um, it was leaking from the geosphere, like outside, outside, you know, like where the elevators are. Yeah. Um, that's where it was leaking. Yeah. Right, and it, right in front of the entrance. And the strangest, th it's the strangest thing because the, um, design of spaceship earth, as I think we've talked about in the past, is that when it's torrential downpour and rain, right. downpour raining, you can stand under Spaceship Earth and stay dry. Right. Because the water goes in and um, is guttered and evacuated yeah. through the legs. So, like, even though physics says that there should be, like, it should go around right. the outside of the sphere, it actually gets rerouted so out into the lagoon. It never gets wet under Spaceship Earth. And right. then there was this water pouring out in the huge puddle. It was very strange. Yeah. Well, apparently the there was like, they closed the front door, which I've never seen closed before. Um, and they had apparently, there was a mishap with the fire, the sprinkler system. Right. It went off and they had to like, because it went off, they called the Reedy Creek Fire Department. Um, they had to get a whole bunch of vacuums to like vacuum out and dry out the rest of the attraction. But then it was open that evening. Yeah, it was closed for most of the day. Yeah, that had happened. Um, but then it opened up that evening. I had a panic attack. There was no damage, happened. and it was all fine. I know, but I had a panic attack because I <laughs> don't mess with my spaceship Earth. <laughs> all right, I think all right. That's all the news we have. I think that's enough. It's time for merch alert. Merch alert. Okay, so my first merch alert is that there is a new Do Dooney and Burke Haunted Mansion collection that has been released. Okay. Dooney and Burke um, make... Bork, 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 Bork. Yeah. <laughs> um, they do like purses and wallets and stuff, and it's a really cute line of, of stuff. It's a little expensive, though. I think the, per the wallet is like $180. But it's really cute uh, Haunted Mansion pattern uh, mm -hmm. on it, and the lining is like a neon green lining. Um... And it was really cute, so I was excited. The next merch alert item is that um, because Food & Wine just recently opened, there is some merchandise for Food & Wine. Um, specifically, they have this thing called a bruise board. Not bruise as in like, oh, I just got a bruise. But B-R-E-W-S. Like -E it's supposed to be for um, beer bottle caps. 
So it's it's the word bruise, and then you like place your bottle cap into the hole. That like they have holes all throughout the word, so that you can like showcase your collection of foreign beers that you've. Right. So the idea is that you drink your way around the world and you yeah. collect all the bottle caps and put them in. Yeah. The, yep. In the thing. It's cute actually. Yeah. It's a cute idea. And then they also have these uh, new mini ears that are supposed to look like corks, but they don't. They don't look like cork at all. It, it's like. It's like the typical shiny material, but then they have like a cork pattern printed onto it, and it doesn't look great. Bummer. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I just realized that all of mine is, haunt is haunted mansion related. That's okay. Um. They have these precious new haunted mansion ears at Memento Mori's, and they are mini ears, and the pattern on the mini ear is the haunted mansion um wallpaper, mm -hmm. and the, it's the purple with the black print, and then it's got a cute little um. If you've ever seen, I'm sure you have, the um, costume that the female cast members wear in Haunted Mansion, it's a little, um, like a butler's, it's a female butler outfit, and Maybe. it's got a, they have a little uh, headband that they wear with a little bat bow on mm -hmm. the top of it, and that's what the little bow is on the mini ears, yeah. and they're precious, like I would buy them. They're really cute. One more merch alert, uh, which is not on the list, I just read about it, is that they will be releasing a Haunted Mansion um, Doom Buggy Hop. Oh, wow. September 22nd, uh, in the price range of $40. It is a little doom buggy with a little hitchhiking ghost in it. That's adorable. It is really adorable. I That's might have adorable. to buy that one or have somebody buy it for me because like the Splash Mountain one, God only knows it's going to sell out. In right. The first second. day. Yeah. So, Josh, if you're listening, <laughs> crack a lacking. Uh, I think that's all we have for Merch Alert this week. Yep. Merch Alert. For the week of September 2nd through the 8th, um, I'm going to rattle off the birthdays first, and then we'll get into some uh, notable things that happened. Um, Marge Champion in 1919 was born. Any idea who she was? Nope. She was the live action reference for Snow White. Oh, okay. Which ended up being live action reference for um, uh, Sleeping Beauty. And didn't they regurgitate the footage? The yeah. Animation? Yeah. So she ended up being in a lot more than just Snow White. Mm -hmm. um, 1905, Eric Larson was born. He was one of the nine old men. 1912, Frank Thomas was also born. He was also one of the nine old men. Um, and oddly enough, in the same week, in 2004, he died. Oh. Um, at the age of 92 in 2004, um, he passed away. It was kind of weird I, to see that. Um, in 1933, Eddie Carroll. Any idea? No idea. Voice of Jiminy Cricket. Okay. Uh, and in 1972, Anika Rose. Yeah. Um, Anika Nani Rose is her name, yeah. full name. She was the voice of Tiana. Very good. We got one. Um, <laughs> and she's one of the still living Disney princesses voices that's still alive. Uh, in 1927, the first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon. You say that like she's like she's so old that she's gonna die anytime soon. <laughs> she's she's not. She's yes, not she's alive, but old. she's not old. Okay. Well, she's the is she the oldest living? No. The Princess and the Frog was just recently. Yeah, but in age wise, is she older no, than Jodie Benson? No, not at no. all. She was in Dreamgirls. How old is Jodie Benson? Um, older than Anika Nani Rose. Okay. Um, 
1927, the first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon created by Ub and Walt is released. Um, in 1966, the Flying Saucers in Disneyland closes after just five years in operation. Wah, wah. We know about that tragedy. In 1979, Big, Thun- Big Thunder Mountain Railroad opened in Disneyland. In- Say that again. In 1979, Big, Big okay. Thunder Mountain Railroad opened in Disneyland. In 1984, there was another, there was a slower train ride through something, yeah. something. Yeah, that through Frontierland. Yeah. Yep. Um, in 1984, Morocco was the first New World Showcase Pavilion to be added to the original roster since the 1982 opening. I have some information about that in my trivia thing. That um, you can see Tower of Terror. No, it is not true. <laughs> Do not perpetuate that myth. Uh, in 1998, in Walt Disney World, Mr. Toad took his last wild ride. Um, oh. In 2001, um, the first international uh, Disney park that you want to go to opened. Tokyo Disney Sea. Yes, at its grand opening in 2001. Uh, and this is a cool one. In 2013, Epcot reopens Fountain View, which was formerly a quick service spot for ice cream, as Starbucks. At that time, this was only the second Starbucks location at Walt Disney World Resorts. Now they are everywhere. Yes. And in 2017, in uh, the newly renovated and opening Walt Disney Presents, which used to be... Uh, one Man's Dream. One Man's Dream. Um, opened with a preview model and concept art and ride vehicle models for Toy Story Land, um, which was to open a year later. So in 2017, Walt Disney Presents opened with a last pre- year with preview model, concept art, and ride vehicle models for Toy Story Land, which would open a year later. Cool. Yeah. And now they have uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge right. model. Yeah. They have all the Galaxy's Edge stuff there. Yeah. All right, we watched The Great Mouse Detective, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I um, I liked it. I did, too. Um, I, um, I might surprise you with my, my review, though, my, my rating. I like how it kind of plays off of Sherlock Holmes. It is. like, And, like, Sherlock is in it. Yeah. For like a half a second yeah. mention. Well, apparently it's part of the, uh, the official canon of Sherlock Holmes. Like the, the Sherlock Holmes fandom has deemed it that it's part of the oh, right. the thing. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a big deal, like in the Sherlock Holmes fandom that everyone surprisingly loved this movie whenever it came out. And they're like, yes, we, we, we concur that this is part of Sherlock Holmes. So at the beginning, I totally thought it was going to be like Bambi and um, Finding Nemo and um, Lion King and every pretty much every yeah. Frozen and um, where I totally thought that the father died. Oh, because okay. that's you just see the shadow on the yeah. wall, and it totally looked like he died. Um, so I was kind of happy that they didn't kill off. A main character at the right. beginning of the movie they took it a different way and just made it an adventure trying to find him i thought it i thought there were like one or two spots that were really slow but otherwise it moved really well um the animation obviously is great um this was i did a little research this was the beginning of the uh disney renaissance animation supposedly renaissance. yes <clears throat> because they went back to i think this was a book or, uh, something. yeah it was based off of a book yeah, yeah. so this is the time that they started to go back to 
fairy tales. And, right. And well, sort of yeah. Um, it, I mean, it was also based off of Sherlock Holmes. Right. As, as and it was, it was a little um, musical influence. Yeah. There were um, songs in it. Radigan has a song. Has a couple of songs. Right. Actually. Um, I kind of also felt sorry. Um, go ahead. The ending where Radigan is fighting with, um, what's his name? Basil. Basil of B- Beaker Street. Baker um, Street. Baker or Beaker? Baker. Okay. 21B Baker Street or 221B Baker Street is the Sherlock Holmes address address um that ending scene where he was fighting on Big Ben totally felt like the Beast and Gasson fighting scene Mm, okay and I thought it was adorable how the housekeeper or the landlady yeah was that's so like Sherlock Holmes yeah because Sherlock has the yeah adorable um, okay, you that, that scene actually that scene was uh, where they're in like the cogs in Big Ben was the first time in animation that it was a 3D environment with 2D animation made on top of that 3D environment so it wasn't the first usage of CG in Disney films or in films in general which actually goes to the um, the Black Cauldron has the first moment but it in with cg in it but there are a couple of cg elements in this movie that like this was kind of one of those groundbreaking animation right. techniques um the film was pretty well received whenever it came out um it doesn't have a whole lot of representation in the parks anymore but it used to kind I of. I don't think it has any. Does I don't it? think it does have. I mean, I'm sure there are pins somewhere or something, but it it's not really a. a well, there are like rescuer pins that exist. Okay. Uh, but there used to be when they had the um, Easter parade in 1991. Uh, Basil and Radigan were the grand marshals of the parade. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um. There is an episode. There are several episodes in Darkwing Duck, which was a TV show that was put out by Disney, where um, Basil was a statue in the Drake Mallard in Drake Mallard's home. So, like, because Darkwing Duck is also a mystery sleuthy type okay. thing, they paid homage to him by having a statue in his home. Um, There's a pretty gruesome part in this where the cat eats the. Um yeah, that was. I there, was kind of surprised. There are a lot of violent moments in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I. That's what will lead me to my, <laughs> my assessment. Um, there was also a PC game that was released for the movie. Really? Uh, yeah. It was like old school Atari style, like Aladdin, game, though. Or even no, even than earlier than that. It was like, it was like very eight bit, very very simple. Um, and then <laughs> when. <laughs> When the movie was released, I'm assuming that this was like a collaboration with Disney by a French artist named Dushka Esposito. Um, she is a French pop star and she released a song called Basile Detective Privé. And it, the music video features the like fur characters from the parks of both Basil and Radigan. And... It was, I, I'm assuming that it was one of those things that like in correspondence with the movie. Right. Probably the French release of the movie. Yeah. That they had a pop star, um, record a song. Oh, kind of like they did with Celine. Yeah. So this is like their their thing. It's really, really (laughs) eighties. Like if you look it up, it's, 
it's it's pretty rough it's pretty awful but it's hilarious to watch um all right so my my assessment of the movie is that i although i liked it um i i didn't like it enough to give it a higher um rating okay i want to call this i'm going to give this a two out of four oh is that is that a meh yeah it's not bad but it's definitely not good i would give it a three out of four which is a what is good good yeah what's a four out of four amazing oh okay yeah yeah good i would give it good yeah what's your you said you said about the violence oh i it's just like there it's a very violent film like I don't know. I mean, it's got, it's scary. It's a scary film. And yeah. the main character, the main bad guy actually kills another character right. in it. And that's not really something that what was the, happens. Was it rating PG? It was, sure it was rating, it was rated PG because of that. Right. Um, there was also an element in the, when they were in the bar, there was a lot of smoking in this. So there's that. Um, when they were in the bar, there's a mouse that sings a song called Let Me Be Good to You. And I totally don't remember that whole um, sequence. Because um, cause Dawson, who is who plays the Watson character, okay. um, got drugged. They were drink they, they got oh, drinks right, from right, right, right. like on the house. Right. And they got drugged. Right. And so the the mouse that was singing was singing a song called Let Me Be Good to You. And Disney appealed to the rating system people saying, well, it's just a mouse. It's not like it's it's really right. uh, risque or, Scandalous. or implying anything terrible because it's just a mouse, even okay. though it pretty much really was. So I don't think it would be get. I don't think it would get a PG rating nowadays. I don't think Disney would make this under the Disney label nowadays. No, it would I be don't a touchstone so. or yeah. uh, something else. Yeah. All right. So I give it a two out of four. I gave it a three out of four. All right. So we're going to talk about one of the most popular Epcot festivals of all time, of all year, um, which is food and wine. So Epcot has festivals all year round. Um, They have their own festivals department and kitchen and staff and crew. It's gotten to that big of a status. Uh, Food and wine was the original festival that Epcot created. Mm -hmm. Um, And... They have festivals all year round. There's only two months out of the year that there's nothing, there's no festivals going on um, in Epcot. Um, it's in between uh, in between Festival of the Arts and Flower and Garden. There's no, there's like, it's well, maybe there's, even be a there's month. There's no summer festival. What's the summer festival? Uh, Flower and Garden. Mm, Flower and Garden's in the spring because it's spring. So then after Flower and Garden, before Festival uh, Food and Wine. There's maybe a month or two that isn't going on. Yeah. There's stuff not going on. Um, they have Festival of the Arts, which takes place in January, February. They have Flower and Garden, which is March, April, and May. They have Food and Wine, which is now it's August through... Yeah. Uh, November. November. Then they have Festival of the Holidays, um, which used to be holidays around the world, which they turned into a festival, which is uh, November through January. Yeah. Um, so we're focusing on food and wine right now. Yeah. Um, which you had the pleasure of working at. I actually. did. Yeah. I actually worked, uh, the department that I worked in, um, housed food and wine, um, 
because they hadn't had their kitchens built. So the, the year that I worked at Park Events, uh, I worked side by side with a lot of the food and wine people and saw a lot of it going on as well. And it's an amazing festival. It is. There's so is, much stuff there to do. There is so much food. There's so much food. And it's really, if you're, if you're planning on going to Epcot and or you're planning on going to Food and Wine Festival, you have to take at least three days. For sure. To do food and wine because sure. there is so much stuff that goes on. I would recommend going over the weekend because there's the Festival of the uh, Party of the Senses on the weekends, which is an amazing, amazing event mm -hmm. that goes on. Um, and usually the weekends have the better Eat to the Beat right. performances. Right. Um, so let's go back. Let's let's just talk about what food and wine is. So it's a food and wine festival, basically. Um, yeah. There are stands. There are like kiosks, basically that are themed for specific things. There's a, a whole section in Future World where that's all just kind of like um, specific things. Like uh, that's actually where I worked. Um, it has, well, currently it has like active eats, coastal eats, um, flavors from fire, flavors from fire um, which is like all spicy the type foods. Um, they have the studios, which is like the wine and dine studio. Um, where they have like wine and cheese pairings. They have a cheese studio that's sponsored by Borson, and so they have like all Borson-based things. Um, and they have a chocolate studios, um, and then they have like Light Lab, which they introduced right. last year, which is a cool uh, thing where like drinks are affected by black lights stuff. It it's a really cute thing. Um, and then like all the way around World Showcase, so you have like the regular countries that are represented. Well, the Food and Wine Festival introduces other countries. They're like in between countries. Yeah. So like they have Ireland and um, they have... There's Greece. There's yeah, Norway. India. Well, Norway's already there. Um, um, Hawaii has one. Um, there's... I, don't, I, don't, I can't even think of... The Canada one, even though there's a can, there's like a thing in Canada. Right. The Canada thing has stuff from Le Cellier, which is I'm why gonna, it makes it like the most popular Right, I'm going to talk about one. that one. Um, the, so, okay, you go around and you get snack-sized portions of different food items. Which some of the snack-sized portions are decently sized. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're all snack prices. They're all snack-style prices. Yeah, I think the most, for the most part. I don't think anything's more expensive than $10. Right. Um, you can use snack credits. For some of the stuff. For some of the stuff. Yes. I I was under the impression that last year you could use your snack credit for pretty much anything except for like two items in the with your snack credit. So if you're going and you have a Disney dining plan, you can use your snack credit for a lot of the foods. Which is good there. to know because a lot of people forget about their snack credits and yeah. they just go to waste. Well and people get uh, people get that snack credit and they don't know what to do with it. Right. When they get to dining plan, they have no idea. Like they're like, we have all we have forty snacks left over. Well, guess what? You can use those at food and wine festival. Right. Um. So one of the reasons I say that you need at least three days is because there's so much food and there's so many booths to try. Yes. Um. I recommend that you. I, I would recommend on day one that you walk around the entirety of World Showcase. See what's there first, mm -hmm. and then walk it again. Even though it's 1.3 miles, you're gonna yeah. be eating a lot. So yeah. um, walk, walk it, it again, <laughs> and decide what you want to eat. One of the other great uh, tools that they have is the culinary passport, um, which 
lists every food item in all mm -hmm. of the booths yep. so that you could pick up a culinary passport and flip through that and see what you want to try and see what's really right. good to try yep. um, in all the different countries and kind of make a game plan um, to go through it because yeah. it's a lot. I mean, it's it's t totally need to plan it. It's a lot of stuff to, to enjoy. Here's the other th side of that. <laughs> When you are going around, it it can be, if you want to try a lot of different things, it can get to be kind of expensive. Yes. Um, there is there is a great way to kind of manage your money. Because when you're when you're going around and you like just want to try everything, you can kind of get lost in how much you actually are spending. I've done that. Um, I did that with uh, Festival of the Arts and with Food and Wine. Yeah. So a great way to do to to kind of manage that and budget is to go into one of the festivals or one of the merchandise locations that are specifically for festivals, um, and they have a specific like mini gift card that you can put, load up money, right. and it's on like an elastic thing that fits around your wrist. And you can just like walk around, and that's your that's did your you budget. Use, did you have people pay with that? When oh, you were... all the time. Can you reload those? Absolutely. At the yep booths. Yep. Okay. Your initial like loading of the money, go. You have to do that at one of the the locations. Like to activate you, the card. You, yeah, to activate the card. But you can load up those cards at any other kiosk. Okay. So it that makes it very handy. Um, it, it, so it, yeah, it, it can be pretty expensive. Just to put it into perspective. So let's go. Yeah, let's let's break down some numbers here. If you want to purchase every food item at the festival, is this just this food is, or is it food and beverages? This is well, the the to big bigger total is food and beverages. Okay. But um, the smaller number and it's a very nice round number um, because all of the food items at right. all of the kiosks at least are all rounded to quarters. So that's another tip. You don't have to carry around a bunch of change. If you want to pay in cash, you're just going to get quarters back at, can, the, at the outside location. You can use cash, credit card, magic bands, and the gift cards. Yes. Um, and you can charge your room. Um, and I think this year you're also able to use snack credits on drinks. I don't know about that. Because that was like a thing that they were going to implement in the new year. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, anyway, $580 is what it's going to cost you to purchase every single food item. And it's a total, grand total of $1,760 to purchase everything at the festival. So, aside from the food, obviously there's beverages, there's specialty beverages, there's yes. wines, obviously food and wine. There um, are non-alcoholic beverages. There are non-alcoholic beverages. One of the festivals. one of the new uh, beverage, apparently the new popular beverage this year is the um, in Ireland. It's that milkshake. It's the mm -hmm. Bailey's and Guinness. Bailey's and Guinness milkshake. Yeah, which is like apparently really good. Yeah, um, but like if you get one of those passports in there, there's a little icon beside the drink items that are kid friendly. Right. So that you can you know that oh okay this is not going to have any alcohol in. and. Right. Of course, no one there is going to serve a child uh, obviously. Uh, some alcohol. Um, so the actual planning and, and pre-production for Food & Wine happens throughout the entire year. Um, when Food & Wine ends this year in November, um, I think they take two months off and then they start planning Food & Wine for next year. Like literally starting recipe uh, development and testing and everything 
Because if you think about it, they have the uh, photos to take and all of the, the uh, press to put out. So they have to start really, really early on planning this. It's a humongous team, the culinary directors and executive chefs and celebrity chefs and everybody that gets together and puts all the, the menus and stuff together. A lot of the items in the countries um, are staple items. Uh, like in the Canada Pavilion, there's the uh, Le Cellier offers a filet mignon with a, um, with a truffle butter. Uh, there's something, I think there's a starch with it too. But um, that's a signature item that has been there since the beginning of uh, Food and Wine. Yeah. It's an original item from the first Food and Wine Festival. And like in um, Hawaii, they have Spam. Right. So Hawaii has Spam. And uh, France always has a uh, raspberry creme brulee, which is amazing. And they usually have escargot um, there too, don't they? They do. They do. Usually, I don't think they have it this year. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But uh, so if you go around, if you, if you are one of those people that go to Food and Wine every year, there are staples that you can go and get, but there are also items that change um, every year, uh, change with the tides. Yes. Um, I have a warning to families who are going. Food and Wine Festival is usually an excuse for adults to... And it, when you're in a Disney park, you feel very safe. Um, you don't have to worry about transportation to and from your hotel because Disney's got you covered with that. So when that happens... Um, people tend to be a little more lax about how drunk they get. And I mean, this happens at Epcot in general. It, yeah, because of drinking around the world. Especially food it's, and wine. A, it's a thing. And but at food and wine, it can get there. There have been food and wine is always the time of the year where there are drunken mishaps that happen. So be aware that if you're going to go to Epcot during food and wine festival, there are going to be drunk people. Right. And um, and Disney does their best to to monitor that. Um, I know that like when I had my training for food and wine, that was a thing that we were trained for was to spot a guest who was right. overly drunk and we had every right to not serve them if we thought that they were It can get a little um it can get a little not confusing, but it can get you can underestimate how much you're gonna drink. Because food and wine portions are smaller than a normal right normal glass of wine or a right. beer that you get at one of the restaurants, so people think, oh well, you know, I'm getting all this food, I can drink, you know, I can drink more than normal because yeah. I'm getting these smaller portions. Right. In the Florida heat, in you know, maybe they're not eating as much as they think they are. It's very easy to lose track of what you're drinking. Yeah. I mean, it happened. It happened to me and my friends when we went um, last year. Yeah. Um, well, and that's not to say that if you're gonna go, don't, don't not have a fun time. Right. Like enjoy yourself, but stay hydrated. Definitely. And make sure that you are eating like protein. That that's a, a big thing. Right. Like if you, if you're gonna drink, be sure that you're eating also. Don't just go around and just drink. Right. Another good recommendation uh, for the food and wine festival is that it because it is so long, I would recommend to go either in the middle or the later part of the season. Most people are going to try and go, most of the, uh, all of the bloggers go at the beginning of the season to see what's new and to get yeah. a taste of everything. A lot of people go at the beginning of the season to get it, just to get it done because they want to have say they've been there and it's so early this year that people are still on vacation time mm -hmm. that they're going earlier this year. Once you hit um, middle to end of October, it really dies down. But when you go in the beginning of the season, food and wine is packed. The yeah. park is packed to yeah. capacity yes. uh, with food and wine. So I would recommend going, if you can, 
um, go later in the year because it's a it's a lot more leisurely and it's cooler. So mm -hmm. it's nicer to be walking around when it's cooler. Um, but it's definitely definitely a fun event not to miss. I'm excited to see what the incident this year is going to be. <laughs> there's there's always an incident that happens. Um, a couple years ago, it was some guy tried to climb the Mexico. Oh, he pyramid. successfully climbed it. Well, okay, yes, he did. Um, and then he got kicked out. Um, and then last year, there were a couple of incidences. There was one with a soccer team. I don't remember what exactly remember. it was. But then there was another one where there was a kid that jumped into the imagination pool or pond. Was that food and wine or was that? That was during food and wine. Okay. Yeah, it happened. I, oh, you were there. I was, I was there, but I didn't see it because I had literally just walked past to go on my lunch break. So I missed it. But yeah, it's every year there's something that. What's your happen. favorite item? Um, well, that's the thing. Every year it changes. Well, there's one so, item that's not going to change. That is your favorite. What is that? The Borson? No, the the. Um, oh my god, I can't think. Oh, the, the the shrimp dish. shrimp the shrimp scampi dish. It's still there. Uh, yeah, it's I'm there. so it's there I saw that year. and it looked delicious. <laughs> So it's it's like a shrimp scampi dip bake yeah. thing. Oh, it's so good. Um, it comes with like really sourdough good. baguette things. That was really good. They don't have another favorite of mine from last year at um, Earth Eats. It was like this. Uh, it was like a beef skewer thing oh. that was really good. Well, they have um, the beef stroganoff. But they do have the beef stroganoff. The braised beef stroganoff at the Cheese Studio is prime. It is prime. <laughs> I would say my favorite items are the Le Cellier steak um, and the creme brulee in France were two memorable items. And Japan had a sushi, um, I don't remember what it was, it was a sushi roll last year. They don't have it this year, they have another kind of sushi burrito thing looking thing that looks really good. Um, but they had sushi last year that was really good. They There also are a couple of souvenir cups for certain drinks. Oh, there is tons of merch. Yeah. Um, but the like when you get the Ireland, oh, right. um, the Bailey's and Guinness milkshake. milkshake. There's a, there's a little like souvenir cup right. with that. There's also a souvenir cup from the Light Lab that looks like a beaker. Right. And it's for their phosphorescent uh, slushy thing that they have. Um, yeah, there's tons of merch. There's so uh, the Wonders of Life Pavilion uh, sits empty most of the year, mm -hmm. but for food and wine they use it as a festival center. And all of the most of the festival merch is in there. Yeah. Um, they also have like a Ghirardelli stand where they have these really cool sculptures made out of chocolate oh, yeah. that are like Disney themed. Yeah. Like last year they had a, a mock up of the Pandora Land. They, I think they still have that. Um, and then they had a Wreck It Ralph thing, and they had a Beauty there, and the Beast. There's thing. a Toy Story one too, I think. Yeah. Um, it's it's very cool. The official free chocolate. The official um the official character of Food and Wine is Remy. Um, but they put Figment also on yeah. everything. Yeah. Um there's uh there's a there's a, a thing for kids to do. It's uh Remy's something I don't something. Find Remy called. around the world. Yeah. Or something, something. And Remy is like hidden in a bunch yeah. of different locations um, all around the on festival. rooftops and inside of buildings and everything. So it's something fun for the kids to do and they get a prize at the end. I think they're cups this year. Okay. Um, well, good, good way of spoiling that. Whatever. Good job. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's definitely a not to miss festival. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's my favorite next to festival of the arts. Cool. 
already. It's trivia time. I can't. We can't use that. Mario. <laughs> Mario, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Water. Water. Ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> um. So I'm originally from Baltimore. <laughs> um. It's trivia time. Our most favorite time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, can I go first? Yeah. Go ahead. So. For some fakakta reason, we've been getting in the Christmas spirit a little early this year. Like, now. Uh, we were listening to some Christmas music, and we had the, the roaring uh, fire on the fireplace on the TV going the other day. So, my trivia is about Christmas. Oh, hey. Um, in the uh, Magic Kingdom, which is the best park, the best park in the world, um, mm. there is a Christmas shop, as there is, I think, in every... I have no idea. I think there's one in every part. Mm. There's one at Disney Springs and there's one in Magic Kingdom. I don't think there's one in Epcot. I don't think there's one. Or either. Animal Kingdom. There is one in Hollywood Studios. Okay. It's back over by Mama Melrose. It's oh, got all the oh snow yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so at the one in Magic Kingdom, it's called Ye Old Christmas Shop in Liberty Square. And they have, um, it's a big, big store with a lot of ornaments. Um, in the one of the inside one of the doors of the store, there's a really small um, Christmas tree that's there every day and it's decorated every day and it's decorated different every day and there's a little sign that hangs at the bottom of the tree that said that this tree was decorated by the john smith family um if you get to the old christmas shop early uh in the morning i don't know if you have to be there when it opens or if they just do it when it uh some point early in the morning you uh they select a family every day to be a special family and gets to decorate uh they get private time in the store and they get to decorate the christmas tree however they want with all the ornaments in the store um, for the day. So it's a kind of fun little uh, adventure surprise that could happen to you one day. Yeah. Um, kind of like adorable. being the grand marshal of the parade. Mm -hmm. um, but you get to decorate the little Christmas tree in the Yule Christmas shop. And they do it 365 days a year. It's always Christmas every day in that store. Uh, and it smells like Christmas in that yeah, store. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, there's a cute little tree that you, uh, I think you get a little certificate or you might get an ornament or something for doing it. But it's fun. They do it uh, random. They Randomly select a family to do it every day. Cool. Yep. Okay, so my piece of trivia is about World Showcase in Epcot. Okay. In Epcot. <laughs> do you like how they emphasized that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Epcot. Experimental prototype city of tomorrow. <laughs> Community. Well, he, actually, he said both. Okay. Um, it, it World Showcase represents 11 different countries, and... Um, funny story about those 11 different countries they're actually mostly sponsored by corporations from those companies countries yeah <laughs> corporations from those countries yes uh where's the funny part come in well because it's like it's it's not that funny it's just interesting i guess um i mean disney is built up of corporate sponsors right yeah so like what they did was as part of this world showcase is that they contacted companies from these different countries to sponsor the pavilion to represent their country. So like Japan, they contacted Fiji films, Fuji. Fuji films. And I thought it was Kodak. Uh, well, it, it, they had gone back and forth with their sponsorships oh. between uh, Kodak and Fuji. Um, because when it was Fuji, they had plans on building Mount Fuji, Mount Fuji right. roller coaster, and it, that's not a thing anymore. Um, 
So these pavilions are uh, built by these corporations from these countries, um, with the exception of two. There are two countries that did not that they they had built. Um, they had like started the construction of the pavilion and then the country's corporate or the sponsorships kind of pulled out last second. So Disney then had to foot the bill for the finishing of those countries. And those two are Mexico and Norway, which also explains why both of those have uh, boat rides in them because Disney decided, well, in order to finish it, why don't we put a boat ride in, in them so that, it like people are attracted to an unfinished right. uh, location. So um, the other interesting thing about that is that Morocco is not actually sponsored by a corporation. It's sponsored by the country itself. Um, King Hassan II actually sent over workers and artisans to build to help the Imagineers build the Morocco pavilion. So all of the tile work that's in there, all of the architectural like uh, art of the whole place is based on, or it, it, it was created by artisans from Morocco. Yeah, Morocco actually, I think is the most interesting one for that fact, specifically that the king sent his personal artists and architects to help guide the, um, the Imagineers. And there's uh, the king's... Um, uh, seal seal is yeah. on a huge thing on the building yeah yeah um, which is kind of unique yeah he also uh required because morocco the the religion the natural the national religion is islam and so as part of the agreement to build morocco pavilion he basically required that disney create a uh, sacred space there's a backstage spot. where the um cast members from Morocco can go and pray every time that pray, they're supposed they to. They pray like three or four times a day, I think. Yeah. Something like that. So it's pretty interesting. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that was, that was a fun episode. Next week, we'll be talking about a movie and a park segment and some news. And merch alert. <laughs> yes. Um... Our park segment next week is going to be nighttime spectaculars Yeah, through all of the parks because yep. um, each of the parks has their own unique nighttime show. Um, we're going to talk about best places to watch them and uh, we might go into some of the holiday uh, events mm -hmm. and dessert parties and everything that goes on. Yep. Um, so something to do after dark in the parks. And what is our movie this Our movie is the sound this coming week. Well, thank you for those of you. Yeah, it is. Um, thanks for like watching along with us. We continue to ask you to do the same thing for this next movie. Oh, okay. Um, if you have any comments about uh, what you thought of the movie last week, feel free to uh, write us on Facebook, um, or leave a comment in iTunes or something. Or leave a can they yeah. Do that? They can they can leave a review on iTunes. Okay. Yeah. Can you can't comment on episodes? No, you can't comment oh, on specific okay. episodes. All right, get ready. I don't think I've ever seen this one. Okay. Um, uh, it's kind of Jules Verne-y. Okay. Um, it's not represented in the parks at all. Um, there, during the, um, 
that that character event in Paris. We saw these characters. They were face characters. We're like, whoa. Oh, um, uh, uh, Atlantis. Yes. All right. Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Yeah, that's oh, a good one. All right. There's an SEA connection in that. Of course. <laughs> All right. We will uh, watch that and discuss with you next week. All right. See you next week. See you real soon. I wish I could go to the ball. I'm wishing someday my prince will come. So my travel tip for you this week is that in each of the resorts, in each of the hotels, um, you can find unique uh, mugs in in the dining areas, in the in the food halls, I guess, if you will. Um, these mugs are refillable, which is unique for Disney, um, with the caveat that they're only refillable for your stay, um, and there are certain time restrictions on to how often you can refill them. It's not huge, it's only like 20 minutes or something. Um, every 20 minutes you can refill. Um, so there's special mugs and each each of the resorts has their own design for these mugs, so they're kind of collectible. Um, they have RFID tags in the bottom of the mugs, and when you set them on the soda fountain to refill them, or the pop fountain, whatever you say, <laughs> um, the, the fountain can read the RFID. It knows how much longer you have in your stay. It knows how long it's been since your last refill. Um, and so it's actually kind of cool, unique technology that does it. Um, but it's something great to get because you can refill it unlimited amount of times during your stay um, at the resorts. And it's a, uh, it's like $18 for a mug, which I mean, at the price of $3 per right. small uh, soda fountain beverage at a quick service, it I mean, it, it's going to be worth it if you're going to use that at your resort. Can you take them into the parks? You can take them into the parks, but you can't refill them okay. in the parks. So, I mean, if you want to take them into the parks, the best usage for that would probably be to get, like, a complimentary water. Um, so yeah, that's my travel tip. If you're planning on drinking a lot of soda, then buy one of those mugs for your resort stay because they're totally worth it. Uh, it's debatable. See what a little wishing can do?